Lopez Dunking out at the cons Renaissance fests Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts You might be a Trekkie <laughs> Sit back and watch as the Uber geek Goes and kicks it up a notch Turn to the left to F in your dictionary And add this word to your vocabulary Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor I'm just the definition of a fanboy Listen up, fanboys It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast and here's your host, a man whose favorite movie is Simple Jack, Derek McCall. Thank you, Lon, for dragging me into a controversy that I didn't need to have this week. But thank you anyway. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. This is Wednesday, August 13th, And a lo-fi edition, too. Mm-hmm. I was going to get to there. I was going to get there. Uh, we are podcasting literally live. Uh, I mean, you might not be listening to this live from Elusive Comics and Games. We're uncut. Mm. Very good. 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. See, now when you say uncut, then I have to really edit myself. Thanks. There so you go. with me is... It'll and and I'm, the, I'm the bad guy. Yes. Right? Okay. No, it makes mm-hmm. you a better person. It right. does. It does. Okay. Builds character. Mm-hmm. Sure. That, of course, is our sound engineer and guy going on vacation after tonight. So he wants to be able to do this without having to edit it. Mr. Rick Brettschneider. I'm lazy. Yeah, I know I'm going Woo. out of order. I'm sorry, Lon. And, of course, my announcer, left-hand man, my Sancho Panza, Mr. Lon Lopez. I'm not going to say anything. You're chewing gum. You know, really. I don't want to get edited. Well, okay. yes. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Just swallow the gum then. Okay. Well, we've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. Uh, although I do feel it's kind of a slow week. These are the you know dog days of August when not a lot happens. Uh, some television. Uh, I went though. swimming on Monday. Well, excellent. Yeah. Uh, so a couple, uh, a couple of video game comments, and uh, but let's get to comics. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk. Uh, we do we have any Olympic news in there anywhere? Um, I guess not. We're I'm the tired of the Olympics already. Oh, okay. I, I watched. China's faked everything. They've yeah. <laughs> apparently so. Wait, I have one question about the Olympics. Sure. Maybe get, if you're playing water polo, can you wear floaties or no? Is that not allowed? You can. Oh, okay, cool. Because <laughs> yes. I just think that were, would make the game... Gonna, were you going to try out for the Olympics? I just think it would make team? the game more interesting if you saw like guys in floaties and life jackets. That way they wouldn't have to swim okay, so look, much. Okay, look, dude, but I'm going to tell you, if you do that, it's got to be Spider-Man floaties. Exactly. Uh, that's you could have awesome. different teams or that's something. That's awesome. I mean, tie it in, I'd say uh, what I'm not tired of in the Olympics-wise is I'm still enjoying playing Sonic and Mario with the Olympic Games on the Wii. Fantastic workout. There, that's my plug. There you go. Awesome. Uh, but let's go comics. We had uh, the rare opportunity to... Uh, well, I shouldn't say the rare opportunity. We actually took took our our opportunity to read a preview of a graphic novel that is actually coming out in September. Uh, but we were sent by what company put that out? By uh, the way? it's going to be Desperado Publishing, which used to be associated with Image, hmm. uh, but they're not. Now Why they're don't going they come solo. to their senses? You know what I mean? Yeah, something about too many fences, you know. Uh, I don't know why. I don't remember uh, as much about 70s AM as you do. Mm. Um, it's weird. Anyway, um, uh, so this is by uh, Rob Worley, who has been a fan, uh, I shouldn't say a fan, a friend of Fanboy Planet for a long, long time. He runs comicstofilm.com. He's adapting uh, a story created by uh, Keith Giffen and Shannon Eric Denton. And I think the first two chapters of the graphic novel did appear through Image Comics about six, seven months ago. Oh. Did come out, and uh, so when Desperado left Image, they decided to just kind of regroup and 
and get the whole thing done and release it as a graphic novel oh, in September. Oh, interesting. So there weren't individual issues for the latter half. And they did no. come to their senses. There you go. Okay. Okay. So the name of the graphic novel, uh, which Lon really won't be saying anything cogent about, is uh, The Revenant. And so Rick and I read the whole thing. Lon read the first five pages. Because reading is hard. Yes. But there fundamental. Were there were pictures. There were and uh, so, Rick, I turn this over to you first. So I got it. Oh, what, what did you think? Um, Wait, can I go first since Rick's review is probably longer than mine? Right, because yes, you yeah. only read five pages and he read 96. Yeah, yes, exactly. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry because I just found out this is your friend. But, um, yeah, I couldn't get past the first five pages. Um, okay, and, and why? Did you give that an honest? I felt just the storytelling was kind of... I, the characterizations, I should say, really kind of not really offended me, but just kind of were laughable and and poor and almost kind of racist. So, well, they get into the fact that they're 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 a multinational group of uh, of uh, thugs, right? Yeah, but I didn't yeah. like Rocco Scissors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was his middle name Paper? And, and then uh, too comic booky? Uh, no, it was just <laughs> it was cartoony. I mean, there's a difference, but. And then, you know, the guy, was his D-Cap or whatever D-cap. the guy? D-Cap. Yeah. Actually, I thought his name was cool. No, his name's fine, but then, of course, he's the black character, and, of course, he's the only one who says the S-word, you know, to, like, accent that, hey, he's black. You know Yeah, what I mean? like, you know, not like that happened in The Dark Knight, the I'm number one movie saying, of the summer. I'm just saying, though, it's like, if you're going to, it's like all the different characters pulled their, like, racial stereotype cards right out the bat at the beginning, and then it was just kind of like, oh, come on, give, some, give these people real... Make a real characterization. And also, the first five pages, you know, granted I didn't read the whole rest, but I felt like you're blowing the wad by giving everybody, you know, here are all your main players, all, you know, one after another. You know, here's Joey Two Times, here's Jimmy Sticks, here's uh, Decap, here's Decaf. I mean, it was kind of like Reservoir Dogs where they do the same thing. No, Reservoir Dogs did that later in the movie. I mean, this oh, is well, they're, they're all and, sitting and there on fire. Uh, <laughs> they're all sitting in the cafe. They're in the no, restaurant at the beginning. Talking. Right, but no, but that's what I'm saying. And, and it was it a different delivery. It, it introduces the players, but it doesn't really delve into the plot. Right, you're, you're busy reconstructing for the rest. Okay, the other maybe. 91 pages. Well, that's yeah. all I read. So go ahead, Rick. You can go now. Well, actually, I, I did have kind of the same kind of drag through the introductory, and I was and when I finally got to, hey, there's a superhero. <laughs> there's there's something a costumed adventurer. A, a costumed Let's go adventurer with that. is showing up who may or may not be supernatural uh that um, it, it, i really felt like a, a weight had been lifted mm. uh, that i'm going okay now i can get through 96 pages of this how long did it take before that reveal uh six pages yeah you uh. almost got there i mean <laughs> 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 you know but that's i mean lon that is a that's a decent problem I mean, especially when you're being asked to pay 20 25 bucks and you pick something up and you know the first five pages I mean, this is something that we, I was going to get to a little later. We'll talk about, like, not to go with plot, but with, like, Batman R.I.P., where you have to trust that a writer is going to give you something way down the road that's going to make everything click, and it's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah, but usually a good to writer... To make the first five pages uh, or the first ten gripping enough to go, yes. okay, I'm willing to be patient with you there, there is and a, know what the answers are. There is an axiom or maxim in writing where you have to grab the editor with the first paragraph you don't get much reader. more than well that. it's not with well, reader and, but editor and, too and the editor, and it's the not, editor who decides whether it's not it's going to get to readers well it's not just you know it's not just in in writing i mean i just took this audition class that you know you have 8.3 seconds yeah. to to catch somebody's attention to make this roll who times that like who's the guy with the stopwatch somebody who's really anal somebody like, 
sorry. In point four. No, I'm Thank bored. Uh, Rick, bored now. Rick, would you put that stopwatch away, please? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. let me go on. So please. let you go on. So I'm I'm trying to think how I can say this. We were talking about it beforehand, and you and I have both read the novel, and we were talking quite freely about it. I had some int- some insights that now, if I say it, I'm sure I'm going to give things away about some big reveals in it. Well, let's hold off. Yeah, I, so, yeah well, first of all, I'm quite say that. some things, but what's revenant mean again? It means ghost or spectral spirit. Ah, so it's just a fancy way to say the ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah because and and that's actually one thing that uh, Rick said it felt like in a lot of ways an earlier series from Dark Horse called Ghost, yeah. which I don't know if you ever read that or not. The one with uh, Whoopi Goldberg, right? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, that ghost actually was a very attractive uh, woman. Very attractive woman. Will be Goldberg? Whereas Revenant no, is, uh, oh. not. Will oh, be in this book. This book. Uh, we're talking no, about we're this talking, book. We're talking about a comic book called On Ghost. On the other side of the ah. store, they're talking about ghosts. In fact, in it. which Adam Hughes did the artwork. So I think you could imagine, knowing Adam Hughes's career, uh, you could imagine how attractive she was. Her character was, uh, the character's Adam name was Hughes Alisa. Adam Hughes did Catwoman? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and I can see where there's definitely that feeling. I, I thought it was kind of trying to be like a, like a pulp yeah, there was a definitely 30s. a shadow feel to this mm-hmm. character, and and a wisecracking, almost Spider-Man like wisecracking. He mm-hmm. was really, and a lot of the lines were very funny. This no, is Ghost. Spider, no, no, we're not going to Revenant now. Spider-Man meets the Shadow. Yeah, really a fair high yeah. concept to that. Yeah, although I wasn't really satisfied with the with the way they they didn't really explain um, a lot of what was going on there in the in how. The supernatural effect was occurring, you know, and I'll, I'll just no, say I'll this go much. With that too. Yeah. I'll say so. this much too. I I can't. It, a I was when I went to read it, I didn't have a lot of time, and I have a hard time reading comics on the computer. Okay, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe if I had a hard copy, I, I would be, agree with you on harsh, that. that, that is, reading five out of ninety, hundred pages, maybe. You <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we can we can uh, we can kind of assume that there's a lot of stuff that you weren't exposed to, right? No, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. I'm Have you ever watched TV with Lon? Oh, my gosh. Okay. No, but I'm just saying, though, if I had it maybe in a hard copy, I would have actually maybe sat okay. and gave it a better chance, is I what I'm you. saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it, is, it is PDF form in particular I don't like. Uh, what was Derek's so. take on it? Uh, I found it entertaining. I found, uh, but I, I think some of the things that uh, that uh, Rick had said off the air, I you know I thought were accurate too. That it, it, it has an epilogue at the end that's trying to set up a, another edition. The big reveal in this, I guess, the first time the character was introduced. Mm-hmm, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Right there. Um, and I, I think it's I think it's territory that has been gone over before. I thought it was it was fairly entertaining. I thought the dialogue was well written. Uh, like you said, there's some fun, there's some funny stuff going on in there. I was not offended by the stereotypes because I guess I went into it thinking of it in the pulp tradition, and I'm not mm. looking for a lot of depth. Very graphic, violent violence. I would go with that too. That yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That it, it, it is it is definitely a very violent book. I think it yeah. has. I think well, it is about the mob, right? Or, yeah, but yeah, but, it's, but the, the revenant is Remember a very we were violent. Talking era. about kick ass and what happens at the end of that last uh-huh. issue. Makes uh, Kickass look like a wuss. Uh, well, uh, no, okay. not necessarily. But there's a lot of the same kind of stuff. Like it's not really easy to slice slice all the way through a a, a head, especially not a pane and, of and glass Rick knows. falling. And Rick knows. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. But 
Black oh, Ops. Oh, well, there's the first edit. From Black Ops. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I, a pane of glass does not have the weight that could do that, nor the necessarily the oh, So it's, it's graphic. And, and, it's, and well, But, again, I so. thought, like, once you once you make up a city, and I can't remember what they call it, it's like Sapphire City or something, it's definitely out of, like, it's a very comic booky, pulpy tradition again. I will say this, though, in those five pages I read, normally, like, I can tell if I'm reading an indie or something, like, if the writer's capable or not, but, like... You know, in this one, like, I did like the setup of where it got to the characters first. It was the characterization that kind of pulled me back. Okay. But it was yeah. like when the narration was starting, you know, the descriptions of the cities and the and the, the, the holiday or something like that. So I was kind of like, huh, okay, this guy can, you know, can de- decent writer. And then when it got to the characterizations, I was like, ah. Well, it is, it is, at its heart, it's a revenge story. And, mm-hmm. and you have um, the problem you have with most superhero revenge stories is that they wrap the revenge story up in this in this novel. And so then you have to say, well, what's next? Do I continue mm-hmm. being a superhero? Well, I've already got the costume. Yeah. Well, I'm kind I, of feeling so good about a, this. So there's a tech so. which you, you again, like, like, you know, you rush through that epilogue. I think the epilogue is a little better paced than you think. but okay. But it does still feel fast. And I don't know that it was necessary. I thought it, it almost solid. felt like you coming could, attractions. You could really. have you could have wrapped it up and then said, yeah, well I, I definitely thought because he he throws away a lot of character ideas yeah. in three or four pages right. to get to where to to really setting up what the next story would be about. Yeah. And uh but the, and, and I was like, no, I'd really like to see that those characters a little that you're more just disposed of. Let's just, you know, let's yeah. see that. So uh, you know, I, I don't know the circumstances, and again, you know what happens in that decision between we're doing this as a monthly comic, and then okay, no, we're just going to do this as a graphic novel. Yeah, um, you know, so so it, by the rights, when's it supposed to be out? September. It was listed in okay. in the July previews. You, you know, still I'm going to make it. another. I'm going to make kind of a recommendation here. If you are a fan of the Doc, uh, the Shadow series, if you're if you've liked, Ghost. I don't like the spider too. If you're a fan of the spider, well, which I was is kinda... I was going to go with the crow. Oh yeah 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 oh it's yeah not, yeah yeah. I liked it's it a as, lot better than the crow. It's not as dark and goth as the crow, but there's definitely that aspect. Oh, to you it. just you just uh, got rid of like thirty percent of our listeners. I know, yeah. but the, what we've got goths listening. Oh, you know all the teenage girls, huh? all of them. Okay, sorry, Stephanie. Okay, mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's. Uh, so. Moving on. Moving what on. else do How we have? How about another dark, uh, noir, pulpy comic book, which is already out on the stands, of course, and which I have to kind of sit back and let Rick Ambush talk Bug about. Ambush Bug again? Ambush Bug. Oh, my gosh. Was that funny? But uh, Sparks, which the third issue came out today uh, from Catastrophic Comics, which, of course, I'm the editor of, so I have to kind of step back and just go, Rick, what did you think? And I will not appreciatively have anything you say. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> well I'll, I'll, I'll step in for Derek. Wait, you read? Did no. you read it? No. no. Okay. I'll no. just since you can't say anything, I'll be Derek, and then you can be the guy who read my comic. Okay. Go ahead. So we're we're in a different type of pacing for the second issue. <sighs> okay. Okay. Go ahead. Tell me. Oh God, this is going to be. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So you're I, not helping, Lon. I was just trying to, you know, right. emote. Right. The, <clears throat> the the first issue was basically flashback of the origin and okay. everything. It was. Getting the characters <laughs> together, and the second issue has a, a bit is a, definitely a darker turn to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you introduce you introduce that at the beginning at the end of the the first one. Um, 
actually i didn't i didn't think that the second issue developed as much as the first issue i mean the, the just didn't have that the line. spark yeah i knew you were okay. going there i could turn your mic off oh, and why sorry, don't okay, i uh, we should just have a contest and let re- uh, readers or listeners write in and just provide lon's dialogue <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool okay. send your letters to editor <laughs> at fanboyplanet.com Actually, one of, the, one of the things I wanted to mention uh, about the art bo- that bothers me about this character, maybe maybe the Sparks character. Okay. And you can explain it to me. His face is streaked with what? Is it grit or tattoo or blood or what? I mean... I think it's pain. It's pain? I think it's a stylistic choice. Okay. Is it? Because I think a lot of the character, I think that JM draws a lot of the characters that way. Okay. It bothered me. Okay, it, 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 it's I, I can. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that, that goes. I was I, I I didn't know what to think of those of that line line styling. Are they kind of like they're mostly triangular marks on his face? Uh, if it's stress, if it's anguish, that's fine. Um, but I'm actually I want I'm looking forward to issue three because I think it it feels like the pace is going to pick up a little bit there. It does a lot a, a lot does. But this uh, seemed this seemed like a transition sh- issue. issue. Oh, I'm sorry. And I actually I, I don't know that I yeah actually if you could hand me the issue maybe that'll which one I read uh, two issue two. That's so, the great thing about being at a comic shop. There we go. Um, you know I will say this much while Rick is looking for whatever he needs to look at. Now did you, did you get a chance to flip, flip through two at Comic Con? I did not. Oh. Um, but I, I wanted to say that the the overall design of this book, I'm actually quite pleased with in the sense that yes, it's your typical comic, but when you're looking at comics on the shelves, Sparks definitely stands out because it has you know multiple pictures it has the title at the top it has oh, this no, little the cover, bar cover design is really interesting in it, yeah so I, I you know that's pretty cool so and it goes look at that back cover huh what's that for on three <laughs> see this is uh, look at the face on this this one okay and if you're at home listeners um yeah oh oh yeah no 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 yeah there is a reason for that okay uh, you're talking about when he's actually telling the story in the so-called I don't want to say present day. Present day, yeah. But yeah, when it's not flashback, right, right. Yes, there's a reason. Okay, there there is a reason for that. I'm sorry, and it's is, been a are long those meant time. To be since scars? Yes. Okay. Yes. I have an, an I'm issue. Sorry, he is terribly scarred. Okay. I have an issue with issue three, and I apologize because I like I read this three months ago and okay. I forgot that that was a, an aspect of that. Because sometimes they're kind of reddish, and I was thinking, it was yeah, supposed there, to be. there's there, there's a reason. And it's a noir thing, and they're coming in and out of the rain, and, and yeah, so. no, 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 no. There's absolutely a reason for that. Now okay. that I understand what your com- what your criticism is, I can okay. answer. There, there is a reason. So good, JM. If you're listening to this, and uh, and you may be, you know, there, he, he loves you. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, the first, the first part of it is uh, very light on dialogue too. It's very, very cinematic and moving, moving, moving through the, uh, the aftermath of the awful uh, tragedy that apparently is. Yeah, I'd like to think there's more of a, of a French noir. I, I, as far as I, I think that Chris is very influenced by. It's almost like an interview here to say this: defending a writer who's not. Here, I mean, not defending because because you, you're not attacking, it, but that it definitely is. It's like. Um, he is writing more cinematically and letting uh, JM tell a lot of the story, and uh, I think it I think it works very well, and it will continue working very well through. I just uh, I haven't seen the art for f- 
I've seen five. I haven't seen six yet. I just got uh, the script for the, for the last issue. Yeah, and I the, really the like basic the, the basic upshot of this is that I'm still intrigued by the story. I'm going to be looking at issue. Three oh, I'm going to confess now me. something about the sixth issue okay. because on an earlier podcast I have complained about companies doing this, and there's just no way around it. Uh, Chris turned in a script that's like 34 pages, so. Sparks number six will probably be a little more than two ninety nine. Oh, okay. I really hate when companies do. But now I, you know, it's like. But he's right. You know, it was better to do the, do it this way than to say let's stretch it out and to a seventh issue, the, and it caps arc? the and it caps the arc. Okay, he's definitely got room to tell more stories, and I hope that he does uh, down the road. But right now, uh, you know, what we wanted to do was concentrate on. Get the six issues out. Get Greatest American Hero out, and then yeah. Mythology Wars is coming in early. You know, 2009. I, I don't. I don't hold that up against anyone. We, we were talking about art. Oh, and, I'm just saying it's hypocrisy on my part. No, and, we were talking about I, art and product, and but he's doing the best thing artistically earlier. And yeah. I think that writing, uh, you can you can plan writing ahead of time, but if you've ever done it, you don't know where you're going to be when it comes yeah. to it. And if you can actually hit that mark, uh, you probably haven't exercised all the. Uh, you're either really, 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 really good, which I don't, th- and you may not be really, really, really inventive <laughs> to to hit an artificial page limit like mm-hmm. that for each one of your issues. It's kind of swelled up a little bit, and I, and as I say, I think absolutely this series will end with with doing the right thing artistically. Yeah, and that's so why I was really pleased pleased with it, and we were still kind of doing some tweaking. On some of the some of the details, but uh, you know, I it's probably going to be about thirty four, thirty five pages of story, and uh, I, I just really like where where it ends up. It's funny. I, I was just thinking about it. serialized art forms, comics, television, uh, even um, like radio shows and stuff are do have to begin and end within a certain frame of time, usually thirty minutes to an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So you and you will, especially TV, that you have to hit points. At the fifteen-minute, the mm-hmm. half-hour mark, the forty-five-minute mark, and the sixty-minute mark, that have different things to do, which artificially bounds the story. Novels, on the other hand, you just yeah. You tell the and story I think one of the end. things that Chris uh, that we've uh, we because I mean obviously as editor I've kind of encouraged to some degree is that the I think this is going to. I think it reads very well on an individual issue basis, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to read really well as a graphic novel. I think I, that there was... aren't those artificial stop and repeat, and you know, and, and it's funny because I've spent a couple of days this vacation uh, watching Twin Peaks back to back with a friend. We took this oath back in '91. We were going to do that, like you know, when we were in our 40s, and see if it made any more sense. So we're about halfway through the series, uh, uh, two fifths through the series, and. What we both notice is one, it's like all the things we remember aren't happening as close together as we remember them happening. Right, like it's a very slow paced story. It's a very it's far slower paced. And how much is you know the oh there was buzz, so let's stop and summarize what's going on so that the people that are just now watching because everybody at work told them they had to watch this show, right. you know, and then, and then it is interesting to see that you know that they're when we're taking storytelling from the 80s and 90s or earlier you know and and now we we have the technology through dvd or in the case of trade paperbacks and graphic novels becoming popular it is you you know you almost have to like turn a blind eye to certain weaknesses right that weren't weaknesses when it was a weekly series or a monthly series but now when you compress it into you can sit down and watch six hours or you can sit down and, and read the whole thing in one 
in in one. It's or, especially you know. obvious when you're watching something that's perhaps a little dyna- more dynamic, like an episode of the old Star Trek series, right? Mm-hmm. So you can tell where they were going into commercial and coming back mm-hmm. from commercial because of the way the the story kind of takes a dip and then comes back. And the music goes, Ta-da! yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But and that goes to a point. I think we've almost got a theme here with uh, Final Crisis, a big event going on at DC. Uh, where they actually take, have taken a month off. Uh, issue 3 came out last week or two weeks ago? Last week. Last week. Have you read it yet? Yes. Okay, so we, so I, I feel I can I speak freely about it, that, um, you know, that it basically uh, culminates in, as they've promised all along, the day evil wins. Yep. You know, which is the culmination... Or at of, least it's coming up to that. ...of years of Jack Kirby not being... Uh, Kirby's characters not being able to pull the trigger on basically what Darkseid has said from day one. I want the anti-life c- equation, and I want to trigger it on Earth. Yeah. So he does. So everybody is just a mindless drone of Darkseid. He won. And so you're going to take a month off while other books deal with ramifications of that. And... Ram Morrison's got that, and he's also got this Batman R.I.P. going on. And the, the the latest chapter of that came out today. And w- one thing I've, I've been talking to Dave K., who hates to be on on air but hangs out and talks beforehand. Uh, hi, Dave. Hi, he's somewhere back there. He's outside. Okay. Hey. All right. He's having a cigarette break or something. Um, I don't know if he smokes. Uh, but uh, oh, he smokes. Oh, he's smoking. Um, but uh, it's it's like. A lot of people have written, well, Rob Cordway, who's a regular listener and writes in often, though strangely not this week, you know, has written to me a couple times about Batman and Grant Morrison's run, like, is this ever going to make sense? Is this ever going to make sense? And then there are things he does in this issue where it's like, oh my gosh, it goes right back to the very beginning of his run. It's all finally falling into place. And again, read it as one huge story. You know, it's one thing when you sit down and and how how you know how can a reader, a person buying a monthly comic, it's it's hard to trust a writer is going to make everything pay off. Oh, it's been worse than that for me because I haven't I'm not a Batman buyer, mm-hmm. and so I've just been kind of intrigued every other week or so and pick it up and try and flip through the and it's opaque. There's I I can get nothing, and, and that's too bad yeah. because it's actually it's really clever and it's really clearly building up to. But I imagine with the it's promise of the, in context of what's gone before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but not just what's gone before in Grant Morrison's run, but he's found a way because this is what Morrison does is to say it, it because I mean this is the guy that created Hypertime with Mark Wade, finding a way to make the silliest of the Batman stories suddenly deadly serious. And part of the whole thing is this a book that you know basically the author should have a little notice at the front to the kid who picked this one issue up off the spinner rack. I'm sorry, this is not going to make any sense to you. Um, first of all, what kid is going to a spinner rack? But you know, okay, there are spinner uh, racks. There, there are uh, spinner racks in Barnes and Noble. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with your opacity, but opacity from but from for comic book fans, for longtime Batman fans. And okay. I don't mean the Johnny come late. Well, just a, you know, people that just like it. I mean, I think it it makes sense. He's explaining enough that you can go, okay, this sort of happened. You don't quite, but you go along with it. Now, as someone who used to go to garage sales and flea markets in the seventies and would buy the you know buy those eighty page Batman you know giants for a dime, right? That were that were, were fifty cents then back in nineteen sixty three or sixty two, reprinting all those things with like the Rainbow Batman, right, 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 and Robin dies at dawn, that science fiction story, like all those are suddenly 
part of continuity in a way that actually makes sense. Okay. When you consider that now it's grim and gritty and there's no way those things should have made any sense, Grant Morrison found a way. And so it's kind of like, you know, that's cool. that's cool. I know that. But I think that it's clear enough that someone who is just picking up Batman because, well, you saw The Dark Knight. Whoa, this is really weird. But if you if you get a couple issues beforehand you, you, and you kind of read it in place, you're still going to wonder who the heck Batman Batmite is. And there's been no real explanation for him yet. Okay. But, uh, but I'm, I'm trusting you know, so I'm really liking Batman R.I.P. But I, I, I have to go with you again. It's like, but how how far can someone like Rob Cordaway or the average kid picking it up on the spinner rack go? How long can they wait? Should safe. No, wait for the trade. I hate to do that though. I do too. I, I mean, didn't want but, to say that with Sparks when we were just talking about but that's it. The rea- but that is a reality facing the industry. I mean, I see the articles on that all the time. This big question of, you know, what do you, you know. And it's the way that the, I mean, DC and Marvel are writing their books in arcs so that they'll fit better in well, the Well, and consider right now, number one on Amazon. What book is it? Watchmen. Mm-hmm. 200,000 copies reprinted since the trailer came out. Ooh. Not only 200,000 copies reprinted, but 200,000 copies and, sold. And, as I mentioned two weeks ago, the Watchmen animated uh, I still haven't watched it, but episode what you guys did. On uh, iTunes. Lon? Huh? What? The Watchmen animated. Oh, you know, I finally watched that. That was pretty good. Yeah. I was amazed that they actually did some animation with it. You know what I mean? Like They took elements out of the panel and animated it. Even yeah, but it was... stuff like the papers going down the street and the door yeah. swinging No, they the spent a lot of time on it. find a way to watch this. Yeah. And you know what I'll say, too? It's only the first episode. Yeah. There's no second one yet? Not yet. It's weird because... I had it was essentially someone else reading the comic to me. It is it is done like an audio. So you got past the first five pages. Well, no. What I mean is, is like you know how when you read something your way in your head, right? It it means something to you mm-hmm. in a certain way. Yeah. Well, this was basically like a, you know somebody else reading it to me in a sense that now I got a different perspective on it, right? Because now I got somebody else's interpretation well, you, of it, and it was it was kind of interesting to watch. I was like, wow, okay, I, you take. A little something different from you it. You typically so. read at a rate that is not the same way as you listen to somebody else talking. Right, and if you, you read let stuff lot, develop too. If you, I mean. if you listen, I do a lot of audiobooks on my commute, and mm-hmm. a, and a good reader of an audiobook will find stuff that you're not going to find in mm-hmm. your own reading because they have to vocalize it. Right, right. So there'll be pauses, there will be interruptions that you're not going to process otherwise, and that happens in this. Actually, the one criticism of this that I've heard is that. People say the woman's voice sounds weird. That's because it's the one guy, guy it's the narrator. doing a woman's voice, and that happens all the time in, in uh, audiobooks. Oh, okay. Right. They didn't hire different actors no, to voice the characters. Apparently not. Apparently I not. thought they were going to. Okay. Uh, then, then that's but you cool. know what? It made it. I mean, it, first because I'd rather they do that, hire one guy. Yeah. That, I mean, because then you've got the movie. Well, I at first, it's a little yeah. jarring, but at the same time, once you kind of go, oh, okay, same guy for everything. Okay, all right, I yeah. get it. Yeah. But like I said, it's like somebody reading a storybook to you in a but way. But because it's paced, I'm picking up on stuff that's in the panels that I've just never picked up on yeah, before. Yeah, I agree. No, but that's so. what, what makes it great literature, too. I mean, this is what uh, the guy playing the comedian, oh, why can't I think, I think of his name? But the actor playing the comedian in the movie said at the press conference, he's like, I've read this thing 25 times. And he'd read, it, he'd read it just before he appeared at Comic-Con because he wanted to make sure they couldn't catch him on anything. Yeah, And he says... 
I can't do it. Every time I read it, something new comes up. Yeah. Something new shows up, and that's what makes that such a, an incredible graphic novel. Yeah, I so agree. So I'm, I'm looking. For, are they going to do all twelve issues? You it think? looks that way. That's I mean, they say it, they they've say got they're going to. And if you, did you watch all the way at the end? They have the clock that's ticking down to midnight, mm-hmm. and you actually see the minute hand move a little bit at the end of the. Yeah. If you're watching closely, I didn't quite understand that. I mean, maybe I just didn't catch up my initial reads. Everybody keeps talking about the Doomsday Clock in uh, Watchmen. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what he's talking about. I know, the but like in the clock. comic, I don't remember there being a clock. Oh, yeah, there's one on each yeah. cover. Oh, well, see, I read the trade, and I don't remember. Was that in the actual books? Like In, in the trade, um, the trade still reprints the covers, they right? They still have the covers. And the covers do have each, yeah, each. Yeah. Uh, but in the actual story, is a clock relevant to the story? Or well, no? it's relevant to society. There is such a thing as the Doomsday Clock, which scientists control. Uh, and every year... Uh, their eva- it's their evaluation of, of how close we are to Armageddon. To, and it was but it's, mu- but it's much more significant when this book was being written because we were back during we were still the, in the Cold, Cold War. War and there was... You know, the but Af- it's a Afghan hypothetical thing or or it's a calculated thing? It's not a... Well, they can move it back. I don't think they have. But they, oh, no, but they move it back all the time. They move, okay, good. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's and, and really, and true, it's true. In 1985 when this book came out and, and you're too young... No, I remember the red. I remember not no, the red no, scare, but, but Russia and Afghanistan. But if you were if you were a kid, you probably weren't reading articles like you know buried in there where the scientists have moved the the, the doomsday clock one minute closer to, to midnight. Well, I remember uh, the day after scaring the bejesus out right, of everybody. Scared the bejesus out of you. So, so you know this is why they, this is why you probably didn't read the news articles. Right. Well, I was, was on, no, I because was, they were on page six of the newspaper. As a matter of fact. I was, Twelve in discussion yeah. before you all got here. I was talking to Anna. Was mentioning that she didn't know if it would have the same impression on kids who had grown up since the Cold War is over, with respect to the whole doomsday angle and and the threat of, of a nuclear war. I would say this week, yeah, it might. <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, I. You know what? I'm Georgian. <laughs> I guess I just kind of realized this recently, and maybe it's just my own uh, stupidity or whatever, but. I never, I never got the fact that Rorschach's mask was Change. living. Like, Moves. I mean, it does move in the panels, but it's much more obvious in the. And I'm sure. Well, even in the trailer, the trailer for the the movie they showed at Comic Con, they show his mask, like yeah. it's fluidly moving. Yeah. It's a different design. Yeah, but that's yeah. the whole thing. Like, so I guess hard to do in a comic. Well, in the comic, though, you're right. But I mean, it you know it changes or whatever. But at the same time, you're never quite sure. Because you know how sometimes Batman's eye holes can turn to circles and not, you know, right? You know what but, I mean? But they make it. There is a plot point in there where he's taking the mask from an experimental fabric. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I from, don't remember that. Like, yeah. yeah, that's where he got it from. Yeah. Okay. Now, does it serve a purpose, or is it mere? Does it reflect his? It's just kind of creepy. Uh, it's okay. creepy, but and it doesn't it, reflect his emotions. It's creepy, and it makes him a Rorschach. Okay, I got that, but yeah. I mean, I got that much, but I wasn't sure if it was. I think I think it may it may have originally been evocative of his his reaction to his certain his current circumstance. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't say it's not because again, it might just be something you start really reading and you find some obscure psychology text yeah. that Alan Moore was reading at the time and went, yeah. "Here's what this symbol means," and you, you wouldn't know. It's it's again careful, you know. Well, I just thought it was interesting. So. It might yeah. form a giant sigil that causes you to disappear into the netherverse. It was interesting, Justin. Uh, at last night, I had Young Shang Chi. Young Shang Chi. I'd given him the graphic novel a couple of weeks ago, and he's been reading it. And I said, "Well, you want to watch the animated first? You know, he watched it, and he said, "You know, Rorschach reminds me of the question." 
And I said, well, I'm going to have to tell you the story behind that <laughs> because uh, – Have you ever seen that, uh, that, in that BBC show In Search of Steve Ditko? And they interview, no. they interview Alan Moore about it, and he says, oh, um, uh, he says, I, I did hear that someone told Steve Ditko about Watchmen. And, and Ditko said, oh, that's the one with Rorschach, who's like the question, oh, who's like Mr. A, only insane. Yeah. And then Alan Moore just goes, <laughs> just like, oh, it's so creepy, a level <laughs> layered on creepy yeah. about that. But uh, – yeah, and there's an issue with the question Danny O'Neill did where, where where the question read Watchmen and had an hallucination about being Rorschach <laughs> and spent the whole issue going, hmm, 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 Yeah. Uh, Unto lighter character notes, uh, I just, because DC kind of let this slip, and I really hadn't heard this before. We knew that J. Michael Straczynski was going to take over Brave and the Bold, but the plan that they've announced this week uh, and maybe some listener has heard this before, but I had not, was that they're going to use Brave and the Bold as a launching pad. I don't know if there's going to be anything to launch, but it might, because it might be like a golden age of you being able to buy a lot of comics. Was DC licensed in the, was that the early 90s? Um, from MLJ Productions, which is basically the Archie comics line, their line of superheroes. The Fly, The Shield, uh, Web. Uh, the web, I guess, uh, the Jaguar, the Comet. Um, and so they had this special line called Impact, which was actually Mark Wade kind of made his really big breakthrough, masterminding that entire line. Uh, and it was aimed at a younger audience, but there's some good stuff in there. Mike Parabek did a lot of uh, a lot of art on The Black Hood was one of the characters there, and I think mm. Parabek did a lot of that. Um, I think even Howard Chaikin did a couple of issues. And uh, it's... Which is kind of odd, but I, maybe yeah. I'm just thinking of Chaikin doing a Black Hood kind of character. Uh, but at, at any rate, so they're going to use Brave and the Bold and J. Michael Straczynski's run to kind of introduce those characters for the first time into the mainstream DC universe. Do what they did with the Charlton characters. So are they reimagined or straight up? I'm going to assume reimagined. There's a, you know it's in that little you know Dan DiDio's letter from the you know his little soapbox thing. So not a lot of. Real detail. depth. I mean, that's not you know, it's not a cut. It's just like these are like yeah. seven, six, seven paragraphs. It's an early announcement, and and there's a picture of Batman fighting the Shield and I think the Web. I think the character. Uh, it's interesting. Given given the kind of bad way they've handled the whole um, Wildstorm universe, I don't know that introducing a whole new array of characters is really what. Well, I've been reading that. I, and what about like Alex Ross's superpowers? Wasn't isn't he reintroducing a bunch of old characters too? Like, did you hear about that project? I've been reading it. It's yeah, been, oh, it's out already. It's been out for yeah. five, six months. Okay, I wasn't yeah. sure. But yeah. I'm just saying, they're so, I mean, all those were all public domain characters from the '40s. Oh, okay. So characters that have fallen into the public fallen domain. To the, and yeah. many of whom actually uh, Alan Moore used in uh, Tom Strong. Oh, okay. So there, I can't remember what the name of the. Well, I'm, I mean, I guess the point is, is just, do we want more old characters coming back? Or yeah, I, I don't know. It seems kind of like you'd be banking on. Oh, I remember them, but I don't know who how remembers many people them. Are gonna well, remember I think them. one of the things is Derek. is what they're trying. Yeah. Okay, but you know, when it was done well, DC needs like a million Derricks to stay Captain, in business. You know what I mean? And there's only one of me, guys. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, Captain Adam and the Blue Beetle are yeah. success stories. And the question, are success stories for introduction right. into the DC Universe. That, those were created by Charlton. But one of the things is, 
that DC has and Marvel have both been kind of complaining about. As you notice, there really aren't that many characters around that are taking hold in the public's mindset that are new. Yeah, because you keep retconning all your classics and making everybody. Well, hate but them. Marvel has the same problem. Well, that's you know, I was referring to both of them. Well, you know, I mean, other than Spider Man, I don't think that they've you know they've retconned that much. Spider Man, absolutely. Oh, okay. Captain America, Hulk, Thor, their main heavy hitters. But I don't think they were retconned. I, I think you know, they've they've done a reboot. I'll, I'll okay, a reboot that. then. Yeah. Okay, it's, you know, and, and I don't because I don't think like the Thor thing I, that doesn't invalidate anything that happened before. I don't think the Hulk, uh, as much as I'm not liking the Red Hulk, it's not invalidating. Did anything. Did you read the last issue? I did. Okay, the last issue actually redeemed the series. A I bit liked for me. it better, but it's but I I think most characters are you acting know, out my, of character. All yeah. my Hulk friends hate the new Hulk run. Like all the all my friends the Red love Hulk. Hulk. The Red Hulk. They're so mad at that, but every time I hear, yeah. hey, so what'd you? Oh, well, oh. and we know that Spider Man isn't. Wor- I mean, I know here the sales are going down on Spider Man, and and because it's not working all the way. Like I read an arc when Dan Slott writes writes an arc, it's good. Yeah, but he's one of four writers. And so, you know, it's a crapshoot for the average person, again, picking up. You don't know which one, which guy you're going to get. No, let me, let, me go, let me take a step back because I'm not endorsing the Red Hulk run. I thought that I know you're not, Rick. I've, I've thought it's been— I wasn't going to say that, Red it's Hulk, been lover. A long, it's been, Hulk lover. It's been um, like, like young blood Hulk, you know. It's been lots of big panels and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not, not been enjoying it. But that whole bit with Thor— and the whole business it's about a clever idea. being able to lift, it, it, can't lift the hammer. But if it's already out there, you know, yeah, that yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think those are restarts that don't invalidate what's gone before. But one yeah. of the things like DC, if they introduce the MLJ heroes in, it's trying to see if someone will pick up. Because one of the things too, the one success story of new characters they've had, even though it's an old name, is Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to the producers of Brave and the Bold, the TV series, one of the interesting things is, like, the first art that went out was Green Arrow on one side and Blue Beetle on the other. Yeah. And what is Jaime doing there? And they said uh, that well, the thing is that Mattel actually, like, test marketed. They, they got, these, got a group of kids in and they showed them potential characters. Blue Beetle tested highest. Hmm. Kids, because well, he looks like a Power Ranger. Oh, well, that's exactly what I think too. But the thing is that they say they wanted to buy that toy. They immediately wanted a Blue Beetle toy, uh-huh. and so that's the first character in how long? And, and people have tried because I know Marvel was trying that. That's what Aranya was. I didn't like Aranya, but it was definitely this effort to kind of tap into Take the younger. What yeah. what do the younger kids want? And it just didn't work. Right. But boom, the Blue Beetle seems to have. And, you know, and I do think also, I mean, in DC's been experimental with it. I mean, they had a whole issue in Spanish because, well, God, the guy speaks Spanish. Yep. Even though he goes to a family reunion, everybody's speaking Spanish. You know, it's like, it, it's a kind of a cool out, you know, in a way, I guess, an outreach. And it's, but it's also, it's it's a character that's, that's stuck. So uh, what you're saying is uh, Blue Beetle Bugs came, do well. came so. over here and took our jobs. Is that what you're saying? I am not saying that. He took your job, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Because you don't have one. He took Ted Kord's job. Okay, so, bu- well, that's true. Uh, you know, bugs do well. Uh, so the fly and the web should do fine. Okay. Unless they team up. Because then nobody's going anywhere. That's a short <laughs> team up. Uh, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to movies, shall we? So you I'm su- stuck. I'm having lunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The end. Well, shortest did you crossover ever, ever. Did you ever read any of like because they, they reprinted in the seventies that when they turned it into humorous superheroes, 
uh, when they turned the MLJ line and did funny stories with him. Yeah. And the one thing about the web was he was married and he was totally henpecked. And so it was like, you know, you can you can go off and fight the whatever, you know, the spider, whatever character they had, the tarantula. But after you've taken out the garbage. Oh, and you forgot to wash the dishes. And it was all like this domestic comedy. Hysterical. I've never I've seen that vague, ever before. Well, that was in the 60s. No one had done it before. Well, I I, rec- I'm just <laughs> saying I had never seen it before because I wasn't born right there. I have a vague right. recollection of having gotten a bag of comics. You know, like one of those sealed bags with yeah. a selection of comics that had I love some of those. those but yeah, but it was always like issue three, seven, and thirteen. Yeah, of three different books. I hated that. I had yeah. an art. I had a couple of Archie superhero digests. So they had they, and that's where I picked it up. Like at okay. the Rexall Drugs, it was there on the little trades by the counter. Yeah, those were the books co- that didn't sell the first time, and then they just packaged them all oh, together. No, that's different. That yeah, those are the the those are the, the bagged, bagged ones. ones. Yes. Although actually, Sorry, you know what geez. I got in, in the bagged ones? I can remember vividly. I got the first appearance of John Stewart. Part of the Neil Adams Green Lantern Green Arrow run, uh, you know. So I mean, they weren't yeah. always sucked. It was but just those were all reprints, so that issue probably wasn't worth no. anything, right? No. Oh, really? No, we're talking again before you were born. Oh, okay. When nobody knew what any of this was worth, so they oh. really just like what they were trying to do. Lon was just sell books. Yeah, it's a value Back in the good days. Oh, by offering value. Yes. yes, yes, that was something. What does that mean again? I don't know. Okay. So let's move on to movies, shall we? Uh, shall we? Let's. Yes, we can. Excellent. Thank you, Bob the Builder. Okay. Prince of Persia, a Disney Jerry Bruckheimer co-production. Well, I mean, it's really a Disney production, but Jerry Bruckheimer is producing with Jake Gyllenhaal as... Who's not Persian. Who is not Persian, no, but my gosh, is he buffed out for this. Uh, there was a photo leaked online this week of him in character. He's kind of like... Uh, He's intimidating. It's kind of like Sylvester Stallone in Rambo 2, right? Uh, yeah. Not, I, I, not I, like I him think, in Rambo 1, right? <laughs> Thanks for that Tropic Thunder mm, okay. reference. But uh, he, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, wow, when did he get um, frightening looking? But not frightening as in, like, he turned horribly scarred and ugly. He's just really big. And red. No. No, I don't know. I don't you know, know what it is? His sister was in one of the biggest movies of all time. That kind of motivates a man to go work out. and uh, you uh, know. He couldn't have done that in the time. I'm just he saying. Yeah. He was probably sitting there going, God, I hate her. She's always better than me. So it's a kind of a gamma-induced thing. Oh, this is working out like, I can't do any more curls. No. Don't make me Two Persian. More. You Two more. You wouldn't like me when I'm Persian. Uh, so to all our Persian listeners out there, I'm very sorry. Yeah, it's very thank insensitive. you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, people get that. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead, hate monger. Sure. Okay. Uh, anyway, Disney pushed it back a year. It was originally supposed to be a tentpole for the summer of 2009, but they pushed it back to 2010. Wow. Probably to tie in with the new video game, right? Well, uh, Rick would know better than I because he pays attention to this stuff There's a lot been more a closely. Number of but I bet you they're waiting games. for a game to well, release this one, around the no, same no, time. No, no, because this one actually is subtitled The Sands of Time, which is the version that came out. Which is the edition that came out two, three years ago? I, I which I'm just I'm getting around to playing. Yeah, that now. was the Sands and the Hourglass, I and think. I've heard it's a real. I mean, it's a really good game. I started playing it, and like, wow, this is really it's really complex. This really is like the it. 3D one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. So. It's a big departure from the original series. I think we've all played with our Prince of Persia's before. Which is so kind of a side scroller, right? The original, yeah, the original was, sort of was a, like a 2D side scroller. I think with with the best thing to do is just ignore him. So uh, anyway. Uh, 
so it's been pushed back. Well, one of the things, you know, and it's only Disney hasn't confirmed it. It's just like, well, maybe 2009 is too crowded. The other thing is apparently when they artificially set a date too too short for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, they ended up spending spending too much money on their special effects artists, a lot of overtime. Yeah. And this way they, you know, they're kind of lessening their financial impact if they actually spread it out over 2 years. I have to say this seems like a big risk to me because it's not like Laura Croft. In the Laura Croft games, there was always a character of Laura. I mean, there's a real mm-hmm. evocative personality that that Is it not the same character from Prince of Persia? But in, all some, the way through? in most of the Prince of Persia games prior to the most recent one, it was just a, a uh, platform scroll, uh, side scrolling, you know. But I think if you're talking Disney, you're talking franchise. No, but it, uh, well, all I'm saying yeah. is, there's not you're not dealing with a groundswell of of people pent up demand to see more of the Prince of Persia the way you were. For yeah, but I think Disney though it has the way to deliver that that I think, era picture like a I like think a pirate. I think to ca- yeah. compare it is not to Lara Croft, which those movies blew, but. Um, but to compare it to Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, which is more about a setting, fantasy, yeah, yeah and a uh, fantasy right. setting, and genies, and which and they've done very well with their Aladdin franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear they're bringing okay. Robin Williams back for uh, Prince of Persia. Wow, I hadn't heard yeah. that. And if that I, happens, why well, you heard it here first, right? From the ravings of a moron. Mm-hmm. I might argue that the Pirates of the Caribbean movie was the success was squarely on the back of Johnny Depp. Agreed. Uh, I would agree with that too, but I mean it worked. Yeah. I agency squarely. There was a little lifting done by Jeffrey Rush. Okay, I, I do think that, that it was a great character. All right, as well, Captain Barbosa. So uh, it was kind of interesting. I wasn't really intrigued until you know that you I saw, saw the, the naked pictures. I saw that photo of Jake Gyllenhaal. My goodness, he he looks very um, he's a Gyllenhaalic. Oh dear, yeah. Um, another uh, heavily muscled uh, character, Conan. Uh, which, Go on. Which, uh, gosh, I mean, he's been in and out, that has been in and out of development for years. I mean, there's supposedly there was a, a script called Throne of Iron that was supposed to be really great that Arnold was going to pass on the the mantle as, of the role of as the role of Khan, the son of Conan, right. to the Rock. It's one point. which is not which is actually in the story. So that's that. Yeah. Was, uh, something uh, and what's the name? Or did. Triple H, whatever whatever his real name is. I always forget what Triple H's actual Triple acting H. name is. Hunter. People. Oh, Adam Levesque or something. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh no, uh, Paul Paul Levesque. That's Paul what. Levesque. Okay, so you know they were. Uh, they were talking about that at one point, so I don't know who's but. But they have now apparently settled on a new pair of screenwriters. I want to give them credit. Their name is Dirk Blackman and Howard McCain, and they sound like pseudonyms. Okay, pseudonyms. Pseudonyms. But, but the but they've made their bones on a script called Outlander for a movie that I'm like, this is Outlander. totally like I would buy popcorn and sit and watch this movie. I mean, this is one I know a movie is going to be be fun. Uh, you know, that's when I sit and bite and just munch the popcorn. Outlander is Vikings. Versus aliens, awesome. Now it's not the aliens, aliens. These will be new aliens. No, just new aliens. But I mean, and oh, Sean be Connery even better. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would. Uh, so I, yeah, I shouldn't say. I just mean alien. Because imagine race. like if they take that broadsword and slice off an alien head, and they're covered in acid and stuff. It burns, and that they have a Viking suck. funeral built in to their actual right. slicing. It's wonderful. I would love that. They should do that. Like, that, no, okay, Twentieth <laughs> Century Fox. If you're listening, that's where you take the franchise. Aliens through the centuries. Oh, they're listening. 
Yeah. This is where I just don't understand. Aliens, you know, Vikings, aliens, Absolute Native Mon- Americans. If only the studios would listen aliens, to Aliens, pirates. Can if you imagine aliens on a pirate ship? It's going to happen. Let's see it. How about just alien pirates? Ooh. Oh, that was Treasure Island, Treasure Planet, the Disney movie. Never oh, saw and that was so bad. You know what, though? Did anybody here see Pathfinder? No, I did not see Pathfinder. That movie got panned by a lot of people. Did you enjoy it? You know, it's your basic... I could get it with my Pepsi points. Should I, uh, should you I know, get it? I, I thought <laughs> it was... Oh, save your Pepsi points. I mean, it's your basic kind of... Uh, I'm mad at that because Ultraman was offered and now it's not. So I finally uh, got enough and I can't get Ultraman. Uh, it's the basic underdog warrior. Amazon, if you're listening, warrior. put it back on. Underdog warrior has to fight the... Un- you know, has to become the man of the tribe and save the tribe Carl from... Carl Urban, right? The future Dr. McCoy. Right, right. And they yeah. released posters of him this week. Okay, did you see those? Yeah. Did Does anybody else think that Scotty looks black? No. Did you see the picture of Simon Pegg as Scotty? I didn't l- think it was a good picture of him. But he looks like he has a little afro. It was weird. You no, that's look his at hair. Him. He's balding, and they didn't do anything with his hairstyle. That's how he, his hair actually <laughs> it is. It looked like they put a fro on him. It no, was very strange. No, it's just because and of the, the way hue, that's... And the hue of the red, it's, it's weird. It's not a flattering picture no, of Scotty. Not. And I didn't recognize Carl Urban at all. I was like, who the heck is that character supposed to be? And then I went, oh, it's Dr. McCoy. I don't know. I just think but that... But John Cho looks bold. I was thinking is for fanboys, since we're all fanboys, not enough gr- uh, genre yeah. movies for us are coming out in the sense that, yes, give us more zombie versus alien movies because we'll watch them. We're geeks. We love that stuff. But this goes back to what... Give us Dragon Wars 2. You know what I mean? No. No. But Rick was saying... I finally watched Dragon Wars. Why? See? See what I'm saying? (laughs) Because I could fast forward. Okay, there are times I I know I'll sit there and watch the later. But I'm just saying we do that because that's... But this industry doesn't work that way anymore because it costs so much... It's what we were we were having a conversation right. earlier about about certain film controversies because it costs so much to market film. The You're saying people are going to protest because they don't like dragons? No, 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 no. I'm not oh, saying okay. that. It's just oh, what, what the problem is. The studio isn't interested in making a knockoff, fun little horror film or a fun little you know for twenty, thirty million, and they make fifty million and they're happy. Well, no, the they're smaller not happy. studios should. But there aren't any smaller studios left. I mean, Lionsgate is it. Yeah. I really. But remember when we were kids and you got all excited when you found out they were making the Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Um, you remember that? Of course. Really, when it was made in the sixties? Well, okay, I remember when it came out on Channel Two or whatever it yeah. was. No, I agree. No, <laughs> I got all stoked. I was but like, get know, out of here, King kids, Kong, but and Godzilla. I mean, it's because there's too many choices, and so everybody's got to make like when you and I were kids, and even when Rick was a kid, uh, that because we span three generations here. That he's not that much older than us. Okay. No, I know. I, but you I, see what he's doing? Yeah, I know. Anyways, <laughs> he does that. No. He likes to bring people down. Yeah, yeah. sure. You're like All eight right. years older than I am. Go ahead. Elon's eight I'm years. I'm aging in reverse, by the way. Are you? Oh, okay. Benjamin Button. And Elon's about eight years younger, th- younger than I am. But we were watching, when we were kids, you didn't have cable. Most people didn't have cable. We didn't really have cable. You had Channel 2 and Channel 44, Channel 20, maybe. 36. 36. Okay, a few... And you and it's different than you've been sucked in by Disney Channel. You've been right. sucked in by Nickelodeon and a whole lifestyle and brands. Instead, you'd go like, well, I think like kids don't be don't, don't really become Three Stooges fans anymore, or they don't become Marx Brothers fans because Bowery Boys. Because there's oh, geez, Channel Forty Four show Bowery Boys every, every Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, and you know, there's nothing where people know that except maybe AMC, and it, and it's like 
But what kid is going to is going to sit down and watch AMC? There's just too much. Yeah. So they can't afford to give that kind of cheap programming. But you know what? Sci-fi is making those movies, and then we hate them. But you know what, though? Because they suck. You but know what, though? I, I have a sad, <laughs> a sad commentary on those. But I mean, yes. whereas when we were kids, we were looking for stuff like that, like Godzilla versus King Kong. Kids these days now, and I, I hate to sound like an old man. Their parents are just letting them roam HBO or Showtime or whatever DVDs yeah. they buy, and they're watching, you know, Freddy versus Jason, and they're watching all the horror. You know, they're watching uh, Hills Have Eyes or you know, or whatever. Well, those but even, even that. I mean, but I mean, I'm just saying they're coming. To, they're coming to the table can, with just this. You can still do it. I mean, Justin, one of Justin's favorite early movie memories is him and me sitting down and watching Forbidden Planet. Hmm. And then we watched Marx Brothers. That's a responsible parent. Right. <laughs> That's a geek passing the torch, right. too. So. I, I've told my daughter at a certain point. Uh, you will begin her education. We will begin an education where, and it's starting. I mean, you know, she's reading comics, PS238. She, I just gave her the first volume of Bone. She's very excited. Yeah. And, of course, my wife immediately, you know, arched her eyebrow, Bone. <laughs> so dang it! But you know, but I've had the problem. No, this is true. So People have made that joke since the title first came hit, yep. hit the market. But there, you know, there's there's a bit like a comic con, and I and I interviewed the guy playing Jason. You know, is there's a huge rollout of what the movie poster is for the remake of Friday the Thirteenth. Which was originally what they spent what twelve dollars making that movie in Canada, you know, and became this huge, you know, and now it's like this again thirty forty million dollar exactly big, and there's going to be this and huge campaign. And it's not going to be as good, <laughs> right? Nobody gets a chance to discover things anymore. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too is they're is, marketed like yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Everything is just pushed down, down your, your throat. throat. Yeah. Well, there needs what to else come we revolution. Yeah. Well. Uh, speaking of things shoved down your throat, bring, oh, uh, no. bring back the midnight movie. You know what? I have something that will upset you. Why? They're going to remake the That's Rocky dumb. Horror Picture Show. You heard of that? I have already right? mourned. I have already mourned. So see MTV what I'm saying? MTV is going to remake it, and it's MTV? like MTV. MTV is going to remake it and put it. I, I guess for broadcast, but it's like and now Fox threatened to do this back in 2000, and so it's not the first time that I've had to de- deal with this fear. And the reason Lon is is you know trying to hurt me with it is that you know I am a huge Rocky Horror. No, fan. no, I didn't try to hurt. I'm just saying. But you know it would hurt. You knew it no, would hurt. No, but I I I feel your pain in the sense that yeah. Why can't we just come up with when, new ideas? When that movie is. It is what it is, and it is perfectly what it is. And yeah. remaking it isn't going to make it any better, right? Because it is stupid. It is willfully stupid. And it is willfully cheap. Yeah, and just let it go. Yeah, they're gonna, you know, and they, they, one of the things they said is they're going to include songs that didn't make it into the into the movie the first time. Around. I've heard those songs. And so Star Super Beyonce. It was a good reason that they so didn't superheroes make it. and one and once in a while, yeah. which are in the stage show, and it's like, well, let the stage show happen. Let yeah. people do the stage show, which they're I not did. That great songs. No, they're not. And in fact, I tell you, every time once in a while hit. And, you know, because I did a, I did a three month run of Rocky Horror as Doctor Scott, and once it was once in a while, it's like everybody stopped, and you could feel the audience just going, "Why the heck did this yeah. play just stop so he could sing this song?" Yeah. And the director did his probably the best job anybody could of making it interesting, and you still can't do it. It but defies see, but, it. But I have a contradiction. So look at somebody like Joss Whedon who's doing Doctor Horrible. The new Doctor Horrible. Brilliant. It's okay. its own thing. Yeah. But that's Do what I'm that. saying. It's its own thing. Independent. Cheap. You know, they're shooting it all you know, on their thing. And, and I can hardly wait for the next installment. Right. Yeah. And they're going to put it on DVD and it's going to sell a million copies. It's good writing. Right. But that's what I'm saying. My wife's going to let me buy it. 
I'm just saying, why can't we develop more of that instead of going, God, we got nothing new. What does our company have the rights to that we can just, you know, oh, I know. cheapen and sell no, and right. remake? Right. It's, you know. It's the end of art. Yeah. It's over. Well, you, you know. Gosh, I'm such a cynic. Okay, and let's go to Wheel of Time. Oh, yeah. The Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan novels. Robert Jordan. I think they're up to like 30 volumes now. Ah, uh, that's not that long. But he died. I think he, he slowed did. down since he died. A it's kind of like L. Ron Hubbard. They're only coming out twice a year. Yeah. So he stopped Actually, spinning no, the wheel of time, right? He stopped spinning the wheel. And Universal has picked it up for a series of films. Like, kind of like the Golden Compass? No, more like. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's not talk about golden compass um, then again though i shouldn't complain because i'm just talking about finding new ideas <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, they did. find new ones and then they and blow they, it and then you blow it yeah so th- this but it just they can blow old ideas too yeah mm-hmm. uh but you rick have you read them i, I read the first book i have friends who are thoroughly addicted to the series and basically i'm waiting until they resolve what's going to go on with the ending of it the, before the, i it's kind of it coming out next year yeah and it will end it's uh, you know it's it's a, a modern it's I'm not going to call it Tolkien esque it's a fantasy novel there's there's good characterization there's a lot of characters in it um, so you know it's uh, people who know it are overjoyed I'm sure is yeah it, is it, it that it definitely has a rabid fan base yeah. I don't oh, know how okay. big they are but they are rabid I think the uh, cross gen was adapting them at one point they're big and rabid they're they a little big? scary. Huh. But is that is it that big of a franchise where it like can an evil mutated? Raccoon? Oh yeah, it's a big franchise, so it can yeah. support a, yeah. a film trilo- or I a trilogy. I forgot. There's or? there's over twelve volumes of this thing oh. already, I mean, and that's and why they're it, big books too. And and it was one of those things when he died rather unexpectedly last year. It was like yeah. I mean, I heard people doing that sound, uh, you know, that uh, were just really upset. Well, all they got to do is make one crappy movie, and then nobody's going to care. No, well, there you go. Kind speaking of like the of, Golden Compass. Speaking, speaking of, of one, one crappy, crappy movie, movie. Oh, actually there were three, uh, but now oh, okay, there were five. But uh, it, it's this week we'll <laughs> be seeing uh, the Clone Wars, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, unique in two ways. Well, maybe one uh, is that it's the first of the Star Wars franchise to be released theatrically from a studio other than 20th Century Fox. So it's from Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers owns Cartoon Network, which is where the series. Which, by the way, Clone Wars is pretty much just the first three episodes. Of yeah, you have to talk about the lineage because it was it was originally supposed to just go directly to television. And then they looked at it and they said, uh, you know, we could put this in a theater and make eighteen dollars a ticket or whatever they charge. I will say that because of the way we do serialize, you know, that animation animated series have gone to kind of a serialized form. Uh, that it, it it holds together fairly well. I didn't feel as overtly ripped off as say, He Man and She Ra: The Secret of the Sword back <laughs> in the eighties. You saw that in the theaters? I uh, worked in a movie theater that had it. But you still went inside. I the th- did. You chose to go inside the doors. I was going to go for the Battlestar Galactica movies, the original series. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw yeah. those, too, in yeah. Sense Around at Cinema 150. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sense Around? Yeah. It was a 70s thing. Oh, You're yeah. too young. You're right. We don't talk about that. We don't oh, okay. talk about Sense Around. It's not what you think. Uh, so, anyway, uh, and I would say that um, as a children's adventure movie it works fairly well are there any beheadings uh not particularly graphic but there are well i think so i well certainly the droids do those oh, okay they bring back those really dumb droids from the phantom menace that that as if laurel and hardy had programmed them <laughs> uh you know that are all where the soldiers yeah where did they know. go there is one there's there's a point where one leans out and goes 
I need you to fire in sector five. Where? Where do you say? Right there. There. Fire there. What? I don't say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And falls. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, at what point did uh, the Jedi's not realize that this was that's all a That's a low setup? contract bid, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and, uh, you know, and that's Dooku. And that's Count Dooku's, the unfortunately named Count Dooku's army. But Christopher Lee does actually voice Dooku in the movie. And yeah, I guess what else series. is he doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So do we see uh, characters like, do we see Darth? Do well, we see the Anakin? Yeah, there is I the mean, Emperor. Me, yes. Does Dirge come the, back? The Emperor. Dirge? Wasn't Dirge one of the characters? No, that's Dark Maul. Darth Maul. Darth no, Maul. No, 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 no. There was a character yeah. introduced during the last cartoon. Oh, no, I don't know because I, I've never actually seen the 2D animated one. So mm. one of the... Oh, I, those, yeah. I do want to say something interesting about the art direction on it is that, they, is that it's clear that they're making it look like a painting kind of life. So it's like the concept paintings by Ralph McQuarrie uh-huh. animated. Right. And given depth, so I thought, well, that was kind of interesting because you can see. So does like the it, main guy wear like a scuba thing no, in his face? No, there was. They I were, don't know what they were. Very were, angular. Remember yeah. the original Ralph McQuarrie drawings of like Luke Star Killer oh, yes, versus? Yes, yes, yes. He had like a scuba mask on his right, face. Right, right, yes, right. but no. Really, Thank the you. Zorlac couldn't. Fire. Right. Okay. I, 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 I'm really what it is. I'm really stunned you knew that. See, they never give me credit. No, okay. we don't. That's my secret weapon. <laughs> is I know more than I let on. Once every wow. five weeks, you pull one out. Okay, yeah. so. I'm kind of like that blonde who has the brains. <laughs> yes, you're exactly like that, but blonde. never, but never does it. <laughs> what yeah. else we got to talk about? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, wait, I wait. So, did you like it from an art direction point of view? I thought that the actor playing Anakin—I don't remember his name—voicing Anakin far better than Hayden Christensen. Okay. And if you didn't know, if you had not seen the one, two, three. Uh, Clone Wars on its own is actually kind of interesting, kind of entertaining. But, but one of the things I realized is that everybody you're supposed we to We tested for. this movie with a tribe of Inuits. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, but kids, but you know, that's the thing is kids do discover these things at their own pace and at their own time. And so if it's aimed at kids, they might not have seen those movies. And you know what's funny is, is yeah, I, have, I have my niece and nephew and their little cousins and everything. They're stoked for it. Because they're that generation that did pick it up from the first three yeah, they movies, were, and they were not disappointed by the. Original and again, <laughs> I've heard so. I, you know, I have I've heard many of my students say, "I was totally taken by surprise that Anakin became Darth Vader." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they're not what I'm like, like really? we are. Well, come on, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. still They'd be me. surprised if Vanessa Hudgens became Darth Vader because they're all watching High School Musical. So uh, you just gave away the plot of High School Musical three. Nice going. Oh, Revenge go. of the Sith. <laughs> That's great. Oh. Sorry, Disney. Yeah. My big problem with this thing is that it's the Clone War, which was just it, it was, was bogus. There it was there it, was no good reason. And for that's that what war. I'm saying. If you don't, if you you know it, that's it, a big bit to and just you ignore. could have shaved the first 20 minutes off it's just like this mindless battle and trying to establish you know and and once again problem i had with the first three again these explaining these huge geopolitical conflicts in a in a crawl and then just going into the battle it's like okay this was complex four five six easy to just say it's good versus evil let's just go with that yeah. instead of realizing that it's one guy manipulating both sides and kids aren't going to realize that they're they're not getting that Count Dooku Why is, is working so for the emperor and that Palpatine is the emperor. You know, yeah. it's it's done at least. Here's the one thing I will say with about a better character design to make it different enough that it's not so obvious. Here's the one positive I think that could come out is okay. So the show that is Lucas coming. Lucas can sell a lot of action figures. Well, no, not that. But here's he the thing: if this Bond can buy a lot of action, figures. if this mm. kind of takes off, I see potential in the fact that 
you could do other Star Wars animated series from different eras in the in the canon. I think. Give me after Episode Six, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I think that there's potential in this that where if it catches on and Lucas starts to like the animation and the way it goes and the way it moves, maybe we'll get more of our favorite stories from our favorite. No, era. we won't. But you, it's so cute. No? It's so cute for you to still have hope. Really? Because once hope, Lucas croaks, his family's taken over, and then they'll, maybe the kids will just start rocking out all the cartoons. Great. Short rounds in control. Uh, so Short rounds. Oh, that's not his actual kid? No, no he's got like two girls, doesn't he? <laughs> okay. There's just, this is like five adopted kids. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, it was going yeah. to... No, I, I'm, I'm lost there. But uh, to the level of it is that uh, Anakin gets a Padawan, which of course violates... Everything established in two, three, two and mm-hmm, three. Mm-hmm. That mm, and then that Padawan, it, you know, you realize, oh, something horrible must have happened to her before uh, <laughs> episode three. <laughs> before episode he, three, Anakin must have killed her. So this is yeah. not going to end well. Yeah, uh, but she's playing in a park up in the upstate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we visited Grandpa Grandpa's farm. Yeah, upstate. And uh, she was one of those few Padawans that went on. Vacation. Anakin Anakin calls her Snips, short for Snippy, and she calls him. Is that Sky her real Guy. alien name, Snippy? No, it's like Luan. Okay, uh, good. You know, Salua, something like that. Uh, and then they, the plot of the first one is they have to rescue Jabba the Hutt's son, who is uh, they call Stinky, the little hut larva. So it's larva. definitely for adults, is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. and uh, I mean the best part for myself and and my friend Ted, who was with me, uh, we both really laughed that uh, Jabba the Hutt's uncle comes in and he's voiced to sound like uh, Truman Capote. So uh, you know, and why is it that the only hut that can't actually speak English is Jabba? Why can every other hut do it? Because he's a hut and he's he lazy and he doesn't want to learn. You know, he's, he's true to his heritage. He's I see. He's the pure Hutties. Okay, yeah. so he's kind of like Marlon Brando. So you know, it's a good, it's an okay adventure. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm yeah. the Godfather. <sighs> it's an okay adventure movie for kids, but the, the reality is, people wait till they broadcast it on Cartoon Network for free. Gonna. You know, so there. Let's move back to television. So we've got that. Um, Seth Green is going to be on Heroes. Cool. Or at least the rumor is he's in negotiation with Breck and Meyer to play actual comic book nerds. And for our audience's sake, who have well, how have they seen Seth Green before? Well, he voices what's the name of the character? He was on, on Buffy. Family Guy. He well, was the he Wolf was, Boy he was on Oz, Bu- the Wolf Boy on Buffy. Yeah. And, and uh, come on, I think most people know who Seth Green is because he's very popular. Okay. I was going to get there, Anna. Uh, I'm sorry that I can't spit out three titles at once. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yes, and he's the producer, writer, often voices on uh, Robot Chicken. And, and a figure goes, on a Robot Chicken. And a, yeah, That's right, he does appear as himself. And? Yeah. Family Guy. I was and? So we're going to go first. Uh, and Can't Hardly Wait, which apparently Love does have a movie. cult following. Love that movie. Because they're releasing the 10th anniversary special oh, uh, really? uh, high school reunion DVD. And I'm like, what? Really? People love it that much? I mean, isn't Jennifer Love Hewitt in that? And it's great. I mean, you know, it's it's got so many funny parts, that movie. It, it, it was a charming high school comedy, but, you know, come on. Anyway, you were, you were so the guy... You were the guys on the roof, huh? Waiting for your buddy. Do you remember that part? No, I don't remember oh, that part. Oh, okay. Just watch it again, and you'll be like, yeah, that was me. Okay. So he's going to be on Heroes. So he's going to be on Heroes playing a comic book nerd with Breckenmeyer, who's a longtime friend of his. The two of them had also teamed up. They were the boy band in uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, uh, well, Breckenmeyer is John from the Garfield movies, yeah, right? I know. That's a really frightening thing. And Road yes. Trip, yeah. Yeah. 
and, and women apparently like him. Anyway, they're playing geeks who will be advising at least one of the heroes on how they should Probably be behaving. Probably hero. Probably, I, I don't think hero needs advice. Yeah, he, but it he's, wouldn't. He's you, deeply into the. But comic he's the world. most comicy, fr- comic geek friendly character. He's going to move dark though. He's going to be. So who else is comical that would take advice from two comic geeks? I don't know. Maybe Peter Petrelli. Who knows? Let's just wait and see. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Once they get past the first two, two episodes with William Cat. Uh, <laughs> there. That was a horrible name. Let me pick that name up. I dropped that so heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, so you saw Primeval. You talked about it last week before yes. seeing it. So yes. now that it's been, now that it's made its American debut, what do you think? It's uh, The first episode was an introductory episode. I hear someone coughing Torchwood in the background. Did you watch it, Goodson? No. Okay. Michael Goodson snuck into the room, but he's just kind of. He like did read the first five back. pages, but you know. okay, no, uh, it's it's a uh, it was a good episode. It's an introductory to the concept for the show, which is did that Goodson just butter you? Okay, not me. He was looking at Lon, <laughs> honey, Lon, not me. <laughs> so uh, that was weird. So they introduced the idea that there are these fragmented bits of of uh, space where you can go backwards or forwards in time. Not quite clear on that yet, but it's a sparkly, kind of distorted field that you can look through. And uh, through this have been coming dinosaurs and... So it's in one from the fixed geographic location? Uh, apparently not necessarily. So they can't... They can pop up in different places. Okay. Uh, the, there's a main character who is... Uh, who's investigating this he, he lost his wife and there's some speculation that she might have gone through one of these things a while ago trying to find him uh there's a uh, the uh hannah spirit who i mentioned last week is a dinosaur uh, is a lizard expert and can basically recognize is what all these she things. the s club seven she China? is in fact the <laughs> uh the short white-haired uh very hot uh researcher type well, I didn't need you to go through that pedigree, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and she's got the she quickly in this ep- in the first episode gets a little dragon uh, sidekick, uh, Kitty Pride, that can, that can fly, and it's basically you have to do it, Kitty Pride, <coughs> Lockheed, Kitty Pride. Yeah, well, we did the same joke last week. So the I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, you know it was an introductory episode. It's it uh, had listen. its moments, but it's, it wasn't like uh, full throttle. Uh, Adventure stuff. So I'm looking Will forward to that. Will you give it a second, third? Second I, I would episode? actually I, right now I'd give it an endorsement if you're if if the if on the a scale of one to Flash Gordon. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know you. There, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a scale of Flash Gordon <laughs> to ten? one? <laughs> or uh, you go for more of a binary system? <laughs> Flash yeah. Gordon or one? <laughs> this seems to be aimed right at the kind of Doctor Who, Sarah Jane adventures type, maybe a little bit lower than Doctor you know, Who. It's done three seasons in, or no, three it's series. Done two se- it's done two seasons so far, and they're doing a, they're doing a third. So, so the Brits must like it. Yeah, it's it's got it's got uh, British legs, I guess. So we'll we'll, we'll watch. And, and they see know how, how to use them. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go for your expertise again. I just started watching a DVD I was sent, which was Witchblade. Ah. A couple of weeks ago, I think I mentioned it. And and, and my expertise is having watched Having the show. watched it more than I watched uh, the first two hours of it uh, so far and then watched some of the extras. Uh, not being a fan of the comic book, and I don't, yeah. I don't mean it's like I hate the comic book or anything. I just never read it. I thought, okay, watchable show. Uh, 
Yeah, I watched the TV show long enough to determine that they weren't going to give us the comic book, that they weren't going to give us the Sarah Pezzi, the interesting things about Pizzini, her. And I'm not yeah. uh, Pizzini, and I'm not just talking about the fact that she usually lost most of her clothing during the course of uh, yeah, any are. adventure. Yeah, yeah. But they had a, the whole the mythology of the Witchblade that got developed. Uh, the fact that the Witchblade took on not only was a blade, but armored her up as well, which was kind of interesting. That this amulet that she wore mm-hmm. um, on her wrist, I think it was, yeah. you know, would would come, come alive, and you'd get this kind of techno organic um, looking armor that would kind of smear over her body and and. Uh, turn into bikini like things in the comic and they could have done that they could have done that sort of thing uh, it's nice to have clips from the from the uh, TV show in the background playing it's great that you're busting in those sound effects <laughs> live while we're doing it yeah, wow yeah um, so I, I I gave up on it pretty quick isn't there the an first, extra muzzle in the first season the, my uh, wife actually watched like I think the full season in TNT reruns oh good she, okay. she enjoyed it she did not okay. enough to wa- continue watching but the, she she did enjoy but, it but yeah I guess they're claiming it was two seasons now I remember of course there was the thing where Yancey Butler uh, had to check into a rehab center and I oh, think that, that yeah. and I yeah. think that kind of effectively ended the series I, I you lost your lead it was definitely the you know like it was a cop theme in the book. There was a cop connection, but it was but it, more of a cop it was show. More of a cop show with this thing that she was occasionally busting out, but trying to keep secret from everybody. Was it so, kind of like the Hulk, where like they would have a normal kind of show, and then they'd use the supernatural exactly. act, you know, exactly. to solve fair, the crime I, at I think the that, end? That would probably be a fair because it would have been too expensive to, for, for them to have to do the special effects all through the show. Right. So, that, so a you know what kind of what had suffered the same kind of problem was the Blade series. Like, you know, anytime they try yeah. to bring the comic-y thing to the series, it's like they can't do all the cool, you know, vampire effects the whole time. So they've got to have like the normal story, and then at the end they bring in Blade to fight one vampire or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the comic well, it's, book it's, things can it's work the as basic a series. Economy yeah. of a lot of TV shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it it has worked. I mean, because the Hulk, you know, was actually a you know decent series in in doing that. Yeah, it worked uh, for whatever reason. Um, I would like I would compare it to the Highlander series. Which okay, I didn't really get into Highlander, but Highlander yeah. had a lot of uh, had a lot of technical special effects when they were doing the battles, right? You'd mm-hmm. have the quickening scene, and it was different in each episode. So they had the art art department coming up with new quickenings and such like that. But there was a lot of there was a lot of interesting um, stories. That when you do a cop show, it's basically like, okay, we've got a crime, we've got to solve the crime, and we've got we've got to everybody mm-hmm. has to end up back at police head mm-hmm. headquarters. Highlander was not bounded by that. These were people who were basically fabulous European types. Uh, had money they moved around with they, swords with swords and so the the stories were inherently more varied and interesting they introduced mm-hmm. a lot of new new characters every week and so the, the same kind of thing where you can do that kind of show where you are limited in the big special effects as long as you do a good show and i just don't think that the cop part of it was that much more interesting than any other cop show on the TV. No, that's what I thought. It was a competent cop show. Yeah. And uh, so I guess I'm going to say it's worth taking a look if you're intrigued. If you are a fan of the Witchblade comic book, you're probably, probably not. Probably a disappointment. And that's why they are remaking it as uh, a film. And now there is a Japanese Witchblade animated that I've never checked out. That's just a dirty, dirty anime. Is it? 
Apparently so. Okay. I say, allegedly. Can I we have get not a DVD watched review of that <laughs> one? Uh, yeah. Why don't you go get it? Uh, why don't you Netflix well, it? Well, the the, <laughs> the stills I've I think seen from it's that. out. I think it's out on DVD. The stills oh, I've seen from that look much more like the the, uh, the comic. Uh, yeah. So well, I mean, that's what I say. Is you, once you put that costume, that actual it's hentai. Which blade armor is hentai? I'm sorry. But wait, I have a question. It is a different character than Sarah Pizzini, though, and it's definitely a Japanese take on it. I know why Witchblade looks like she does, but in the story, like in the comic, and I don't know if you guys ever read it, did they ever explain why, like, she never puts on like a shirt or anything? Like after the Witchblade, I don't know. I've never read the book. I think you know why? Hmm. Because they would have sold a lot less. No, I understand that reasoning, but like, (laughs) if there was great plot device, (laughs) but if there was ever like in the thing, like you know, she tried to put on a shirt and it dissolve or something, like. The Witchblade's power is so strong it dissolves <laughs> all clothing. So. I'm just saying. I, I just think it was wanted explained to know. in Steve Gerber's you last really How the Duck Run. more fiction. I should. Didn't you read the secret files and origins of Witchblade? Witchblade? <laughs> mm, I'm sure there's something. Just How about another know. little blast from the past? Knight Rider. We don't. We know not a lot. But well, we saw the preview. I mean, I we saw the, the, uh, the movie that introduced you the did. series. Okay, yeah. I did not. Yeah, it was, it was actually really good. Okay. Yeah. Before you give your review, can I just go off on a brief tangent? I had when I saw the commercial for the, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants two. two. So now, as we're about to discuss Knight Rider, is there no franchise that will die a horrible, horrible death like it rightly deserves? No. Knight Rider was great in the eighties. Let's all ad- admit we watched occasional episodes yeah. on a Friday night. Well, you missed an earlier conversation along those same lines. Can't it just? Go away. Can't we just say what a great 80s phenomenon that was? You had to be there, folks. Well, they're actually trying to continue the story. They're not reimagining. Stop! No, they've got... They, they, they had... This horse is dead. Okay. Leave it alone. All right. Well, I can't really argue that logic. Uh, Are you going <laughs> to buy your daughter Care Bears? Doubtful. No, okay. liar. My wife might, <laughs> but she had Care Bears. <laughs> okay. As a man who sees that there are like oh, 40 Care Bears around the house, <laughs> and they're just creepy. Um, True. Because that whole Care Bear stare thing where they hypnotize you with a laser coming out of their bellies, it's wrong. Well, at the risk of being shouted down again for actually enjoying the show. Go no, ahead. You go ahead. No, no, I mean, I watched like the Knight Rider 2000 or whatever that last the reunion TV movie show? that they tried to restart this thing, and it was horrible. I was like, okay. Did you watch the one that was this last, that this last year? No. Okay, so in this one, it looks like it's, it starts off looking like it's a reboot, but in fact, by the end of the movie, you find out that this is actually a continuation of the Michael Knight story. Because Hoff is there, isn't he? Yeah, he, he shows up at the end, and he basically passes the, the baton of the car on... So and you have you have you got you a new job the, as a lifeguard. You got to clean the vomit cheeseburger stain out of it, but it's still drivable. <laughs> so you, you know we can't edit this week, right? I know. Okay, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> funny. Who's the voice of Kid again? Uh, who was it originally? Because it was Will Arnett, wasn't it? Uh, and then know, Will Arnett know. had to back out or something. Did, you know, it's not no, the, originally it, it was the principal on Boy Meets World. No, 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 that was the original original. Yes. I'm talking about in the reboot. William Daniels. William Daniels. Do they? The do you remember who the voice remember. of Kit? Oh, okay. I thought I there was a big deal about who was Kit, but uh, I think Will Arnett was. Uh, you know what? I think Will Arnett was actually supposed to be in. They were talking about making a movie 
and he was going uh, an actual no because I thought they actually had like promo commercials with Will Arnett and then he was doing some other movie and they had to mm-hmm. let's it. all speculate and then next week we'll find out who's right yeah okay why not we'll find we'll, and and next week we'll see if the uh, first episode of the TV show was okay anything. see there you go that's fine I you know I I that's your assignment because I, I have a little bit of just strange TV news okay it's just it's news for me um. I've just been noticing. Okay, they so, never got off the oven. No, because Battlestar Galactica, you know, is over and whatever. But I just think it's kind of cool that I'm seeing people from the cast end up in other shows, like uh, uh, Six. What's right? Trisha Helfer is now mm-hmm. on Burn Notice. Battlestar Galactica is not over. Well, it, it is for them. For them, production oh, okay. wise. Um, and then you they know, know how it is. Jamie yeah. Bamber is going to be on uh, Smallville. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the one that surprised me was uh, uh, what's uh, D. D is on uh, on uh, Reaper now, so uh, I saw D on Reaper. And I was like, awesome. "Wait, wait, Reaper hasn't started again, has it?" No, no. But I just caught the last like uh, I missed like the season finale. I just caught it again. Oh, okay. And she was like, "She's have you seen? Are you caught yeah. up on Reaper?" Yeah. She was uh, uh, Ben's dream girl at the nurse at the uh, at the hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, just kind of, I was happy that now that Battlestar is over. These guys are getting work, so... Oh, yeah. Well, Thank you. Because, Thank uh, you all. They had successful shows. Starbuck was on uh, Bionic Woman, and the problem with Bionic Woman was that she was far more interesting than the Bionic Woman. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, it was... Let's real, hope she bounces back. That was, you know, she will. Oh, please. She's going to be fine. So, let's turn a little bit to video games, because I got... Uh, you know, they gave the Lame Gamer a video game to review. American Lame McGee's. Gamer. Thank you for that strange theme song, Shirley Bassey. Uh, uh, American McGee's Grim, which is being released in what is allegedly 30-minute episodes from GameSpot. Um, Great. Another American McGee game I could ignore. Did you, Who's American did you play McGee? any of them? Well, he did... Exactly. A- he did Alice. Uh, kind of the, I don't know if he was like the Is this first. the Mother Goose and Grimm? No. Oh. I, think, I don't know if he was the first to do kind of like the really dark and twisted Alice in Wonderland thing, but it was a big video game in like, what, two... I don't even think it, it was a big video game. Uh, big yeah. enough that Tim Burton is doing a, a film adaptation. with No franchise will die, no matter how awful it is. Yeah, well, okay. Alice? Yeah, yeah, I know. Thanks. So, uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of like Burton. So, Tim Burton, is, Tim Burton is going to, is the latest guy, supposedly, to pick it up. Wes Craven was going to do it. Let's talk about your, the game, though. The reason... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure when exactly we can take. Again, I'm not sure if so, he's the first. So Grim, Grim is kind of is, is a cartoony puppety remake of Grimm's Grim's fairy, fairy tales. tales, and each chapter is telling a different uh, fairy tale. But I guess probably the, the most innovative is Heath Ledger in it. No, okay. Uh, the most innovative thing about it is that it's supposed to be. Uh, it is again because it's supposed to be in these little chapters, and you can play each one individually. But I've got to say, as much as I kind of like taking dark and twisted versions of fairy tales, I'll say for me even the gameplay very simplistic. Gosh, well, it's, yeah. something, it's Game Tap that. though, right? Game, yeah, have you played anything from Game Tap? No, but isn't that just where you go and you download whatever, and then you just play the game online, or is this something you actually get delivered to you? You well, you get downloaded. It's downloaded to you, and then you install. It's all keyboard right. games, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, right. It's, it's you're not com- playing online; you're playing it downloaded. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't I don't think any of those games are high quality, are they? Or? Oh sure. 
There's, I mean, a lot of the stuff is well, old. Well, they, re- they revived the Sam and Max franchise, yeah. and, and that, that was You would enjoy good. that if you haven't played it already. And yeah. they did video game versions of the graphic novel, or still working through it, I think, the video game uh, of uh, Bone, doing each uh, graphic novel there, mm. or trade collection, I should say, each arc. Um, and, yeah, so they've released, uh, by the time this comes out, I guess the third chapter will be out. And it's like, it's kind of cute. It's clever writing, but... The gameplay is basically that you are this character, Grimm, who goes through the fairy tale land and spreads an aura of filth, and then you've got to... So you're Chris Garcia? <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes, that's it. And uh, and then it spreads through, and the... the um, you know, and there's just like a couple of civilians that are cleaners trying to outclean you, but you move faster than they do, so... It's actually pretty easy to beat them, and the only thing that I'd say makes it interesting is the narrative. Are there difficulty levels? Or uh, well, you get you know like the are the you higher playing up, on a wimpy? The hi- what? No, 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 no. The higher up you get, the, like the stinkier, the filthier, the nastier. Oh, okay. And then you you know there's like each chapter has like eight levels each. Uh, or, you know, areas they to, just get to gameplay. As you go along. They get they get yeah. harder, and then you're supposed to be able to well, like uh, unlock a a more powerful butt stomp, which is a big power to you. So double space, and he goes. Every boy and we're reviewing this. Why? No, they sent it to us. Oh, okay. uh, and the um, and, and so you know, it's kind of like uh, well, they're it, pushing it, this one hard. I've seen yeah, TV well, commercials. There we go. For we're actually reviewing it because people are talking about it. So we we got it, and it's just. Um, yeah, I was kind of thumbs down, huh? It was an <laughs> interesting narrative, but no, thumbs mm. down, thumbs okay. down. It wasn't a challenging game, I which just surprised me. It says it all. Yeah, so uh, we did. If it, Derek finds it not not a challenging game, kids, that's right. He got it free and gave them the thumbs down. <laughs> that's integrity. <laughs> no, that's lame gamer. <laughs> but I was able to play it. No, that was just that was our segment. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. That segment of Lame Gamer was brought to you this week by Baggage. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One other piece of video game news, and maybe Lon, you had a chance to read the article. I just saw the headline that I uh, just saw the headline. Who too. who announced that they're going to do? Uh, I think EA that they're going to do an Arkham Asylum game. Cool. So I don't know if this means they're going to be taking a off of Batman Arkham Asylum. No, it's actually the administrative side of <laughs> Arkham Asylum. You play, you know, you start you as a the secretary, budget. you work your way up as director. Sim Arkham Asylum. And if, you, and if you do it wrong, halfway through there's a breakout Ooh, and you get I murdered. Got a joker. Yeah. Where yeah. will I put him? Right. Oh, how you about in this cell with a back door? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Arkham Asylum. I'm Learn putting in a request inside. for transfer. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> Which Denied. It's kind of funny because at the same time, you know, this is falling on the heels of the Batman Lego game is basically a breakout at, uh, or Lego Batman, a breakout at Arkham Asylum for kids. Pre-ordered at Amazon. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm totally looking forward to those Lego games. Are fun, Daddy. What's an insane inmate? <laughs> uh, shut up. Just, just, just play the penguin. Just kill the evil clown. That's <laughs> what you did at your fifth birthday. No. Daddy, what's a cute psychosis? Yes, yes. My favorite out of context thing. My son said he got a clown Sunday and he ate like little frosting eyes and he goes, "I like eating clown eyes." <laughs> <laughs> And I will, I will come back. That'll haunt him on his 18th birthday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, but that's it. Yeah. So I don't know anything about this Arkham Asylum game. We just saw the headline. And it's like, okay, that sounds interesting. No, they said something about Joker's going to be in it, or Joker is the one that causes the breakout or All something. All right, I'll go find out about it and report next week. So. There you go. 
will you? Video game editor? Sure. <laughs> I'm like, Batman Argos, I haven't heard of that. Uh, oh, okay. Too much Team Fortress 2 lately. But, oh, well, that's nice. Uh, but the reality is, you know, the, the, the Batman game that's going to break the curse of Batman games sucking is Lego, Lego Batman. Lego Batman, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you could you could play the Joker in that one. That's the beautiful thing. You can play any of the of the mm-hmm. inmates. I'm looking forward to the, I know we've talked about it before, but Batman, or the Mortal Kombat DC one. I saw the trailers for that. It I saw some too, looks yeah. really... If you like Mortal Kombat, it looks like a good Mortal Kombat. But I'm just game. saying, but a Batman game where he could probably fight like a Mortal Kombat guy, I think that'd be cool. So I saw a Superman Sub Zero uh, fight mm-hmm. that looked really good. But again, from a from a Mortal Kombat fan, not necessarily a DC Comics fan. I mean, it looked like a great Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat game mm-hmm. right. with DC characters. Right. In it. No, right, right. I, you know, but I'm okay with that because I mean, really, like, I did not. What is that Marvel versus Capcom from? Yeah, whatever. I mean, was that? Response. I mean, you really, you really weren't like, yeah, you, uh, like taking advantage of. Oh, you've got Magneto. Well, in that Ooh. case, in that case, Marvel versus Capcom was more two D, more flat looking mm-hmm. characters. Well, yeah, and but they I mean, were stylized odd. These are three D, and it lo- just looks like a take on it. Three D. Well, the only thing, did you see the Flash? Yeah, bit? the Flash fighting looked really. The Flash fighting looked good. Did the armbands bother you? I was looking looking at his arm. Like, does he really have a band? Wait, the Flash has around, around his arm. Yeah, it, it, is that to slow him that down? That could so be some sort of plot development. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. The thing I would like is the game mechanics. You can actually knock your opponents off of a higher ledge, right. and fight, and fight while them as you're you go falling down. down. Yeah, and there are these extended falls. And whoever ends up on top is the one that's. So you'd say looking pretty state of the art. So yeah, I mean. Would you for a Mortal Kombat? Would you like me to try to get a copy of this for me? Oh. I brought it up first. Okay. One can have it. No, but I was just going to say no, this, though. You know, you'd loan it back last to thing, Last thing I said everyone should go out and look at was the Iron Man trailer, because I played the Iron Man demo, and that game sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. leave it to one. No, I'm just going to yeah, say... We just can't trust you anymore. Hey, the demo was great. <laughs> it's not my fault they only made one good level. <laughs> no, but I'll say but this... But you know, one good level's all I need. I'll say this much about that Mortal demo. Kombat DC <laughs> game. I don't have a 360 or a PS3. And that game looks so good that I might have to, you know, go get one of those systems. So it might get me to buy a system if the is game it is be that on good. The Wii? Uh, it might be. It might come later though. I don't know. It might so. be a surprise if it is because well. it, I mean the rendering oh, doesn't it, it, look well. It's kind of it's also not yeah. that kind of the yeah. family feel of the Wii goes. But for. there's no fatalities in this, so there's maybe some, they want to get it on. There's the Wii. some grim stuff on the Wii right now, but the Wii is definitely a lower resolution. Targeted. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, all right then. So uh, there'll be some research on this Arkham Asylum game, and and uh, Rick is going to go off on vacation. So let's uh, let's get him ready. Uh, I guess this is Darren McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. If you have any comments, questions, criticisms, write into editor at FanboyPlanet.com. I'm signing off. Uh, everybody else, say goodnight. I'm Michael Goodson, and I'm half an hour late. Yeah, and we do need you to write in, so uh, you know, because we like answering your letters and stuff on the air. It kills so. at least ten minutes. <laughs> it's good stuff. Sometimes Plus, we like longer. to hear we like to hear from you. But yeah, this is Lon Lopez, Fanboy Planet, and more on Life dot com. And Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers, powers only for good. good. Drink. Yes, you're gonna drink. We're trying to edit this live. No, and it's sh- just sh- not sh- working. K Fabe. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. This week's podcast was brought to you by DC's Baggage. <laughs>